0: fans look at us we're not so different i see tweets about you guys wanting to fire ed donatel because of soft coverage we're not so different we are the world who would have thought huh
1: this is where wisconsin gathers to talk sports packers brewers badgers bucks the wisco sports show is on the air now here's your host grant bills
0: I used to play a lot of Minecraft, like a lot of Minecraft when I was in high school, especially a little in college, but not so much. Minecraft's a really fun game. I also think Minecraft taps into this like primal instinct we have to build and harvest and plant and sow and reap. Like I loved gardening in Minecraft. I love going into the forest and just cutting down trees, organizing all my resources into chests. I love mining, digging way down deep into the earth and just getting my hands dirty, stacking coal, stacking iron ore, stacking diamond. I just Minecraft, I think, taps into something. These instincts that we have, this drive we have. Even though we live in a very privileged world, we go to the store, we buy everything we need. We don't need to go cut down trees. We don't need to go accomplish these tasks. You might have a hobby garden. You might like to woodwork, but it's not like it would have been hundreds of years ago. I think that in this same vein, we all, as Wisconsinites, have this instinct deep down to shovel snow, to clear snow, to get snow out of the way. And I felt this the last couple of years, but especially this year because I live in an apartment. Last year I lived in a house and we would need to shovel our sidewalk. This year I'm in an apartment and I don't have to shovel. I don't even have to clear off my car because it's in a parking ramp. And all day today I've just felt this instinct of wanting to go clear snow, move snow, shovel snow, blow snow, plow snow. Just just move snow. i just felt that instinct. And I know there's some, some clever dads that are listening right now. Oh, come over to my house. There's plenty for you. Come on. You don't a little bit know what I'm talking about? There's something satisfying about going outside, firing up that snowblower, grabbing that shovel, and just putting the work in. You know, you know, I'm onto something here. So don't don't tell me that I'm I'm wrong. I'm right. This is the Wisco Sports Show. That's what I've been thinking about all day. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you've had an outstanding day. Weather's a little shifty. It's not great out there. So drive slow. Take your time. Just more time to be in the car and listen to this fine program. And I'm excited for tonight's program because Zach Heilprin's going to be here at 430, not 435. God forbid you call Zach in the ballpark of the time you give him. Got to be on, on the number. And, and I'm not even ripping Zach for that. That's on me. Zach is a professional. I need to raise my game to his standards when he's on the show and I will do so today. We will call him at 430, not a minute later. Now 435, he's going to join us to talk Badgers basketball and maybe a little football, maybe. We'll see. I have a lot of things that I want to discuss with Badgers basketball. But if we check all those boxes, I have a couple football items that I wouldn't mind getting Zach's opinion on. So that's coming up at 430. Mike Clemens at 530 after our conversation was abruptly and rudely interrupted on Tuesday. We were really starting to get somewhere. Our our conversation was about to climax. I I can feel it. And then the phone connection dropped off. So we're going to talk with Mike Clemens and pick up where we left off on Tuesday. That's coming up at 5.30. 608-796-2558 if you want to call our Texas show. And always, twenty four seven three sixty five, you can get me at me on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. I want to start today with the NBA Lounge. This has been a great week. I needed this week. Okay, and as I said on Tuesday, I needed this week. And we were joking about some of those old Drake quotes. Remember when those were really... Like popular and everyone was making the, like, Drake is the type of guy to do this. Like, I found a couple today. Drake is the type of guy to suck his fingers when he eats a powdered donut. (laughs) Drake's the kind of guy who takes the chocolate chip cookies out of the oven and then closes the door with his hips. Drake is the type of guy to propose on both knees. You know, stuff like this. But the one that I was thinking about on Tuesday is Drake is a guy who, mid-conversation, while laughing with friends, looks around at all of them and said... I needed this. You ever do that when you're with friends? That's a Drake thing to do. But that's something that I've done twice this week. I said to myself on Tuesday, I needed this as I watched Bucks Warriors and then later Celtics Lakers. And I said to myself last night, I needed this as I watched the Knicks and the Bulls go to overtime and then the Wolves and the Clippers play an interesting game into the fourth quarter last night on ESPN. I needed this week. And I want to talk about just a couple storylines, a couple of teams, really briefly before we get to the Bucs. Most of today's NBA Lounge, I'm going to focus on the Bucks. before we get to Badger basketball. We're going to save Bucks Warriors for last, because I have a couple items that I wanted to talk about with Bucks Warriors, and I didn't talk about them yesterday because I wanted to save them for the NBA Lounge today. So that's coming up in a few minutes. First, the Minnesota Timberwolves, like I said, I watched them last night. They stink. I know Karl-Anthony Towns is hurt. D'Angelo Russell didn't play last night although Minnesota Timberwolves fans don't like him anyways. I'm still astounded that anyone thought the Gobert trade this summer was going to work. I found it interesting. I was excited to watch how it would go. I didn't really ever for a moment consider the possibility that it would go well. I think this is worse than the Herschel Walker trade. And I know the Cowboys went on to win titles. That's not really how the NBA works. Right? Like the Jazz, if they end up winning titles, it's going to be a couple of years because the NFL, you draft players that can basically help you win right away. The NBA is much more long form because you're drafting teenagers. I think this trade is worse than the Herschel Walker trade, the Rudy Gobert trade. When Rudy Gobert was still on the Jazz, at least Utah's front office had the presence of mind and the wherewithal to stack up three-point shooters. Who can shoot on the Wolves? I know they're dealing with injuries and some of their better shooting players are hurt, but they went four for 22 last night. They're shooting 33% overall. That's 25th best in the NBA. A team that can't shoot better than 25% from three probably probably shouldn't be the team that goes all in to trade for a player especially like Rudy Gobert but I digress I've been watching a lot of the wolves I watched them last night good game for the clippers if they can ever stay healthy they're going to be a really interesting team but that's a big if another team I want to mention really quickly and even if you're not a diehard fan of basketball or the NBA I think you'll be interested in this this is interesting the Charlotte Hornets they're 7 and 21 and they look even worse than that they lost to the pistons last night and they gave up one 41 to a team that coming into last night had seven wins. Starting point guard, Kate Cunningham is hurt. I mean, they're, they're not in a good spot. And Charlotte gave up 141. They scored 134. The offense, wow, blazing. Now, I can't watch the Hornets. I have no interest in them. And I know you probably don't care or watch about the Charlotte Hornets. But I think you'll enjoy this. It's their coach, Steve Clifford, coming to the podium last night. You don't see this a lot in the NBA. Just sit back. It's a minute and 40 seconds long. He didn't take any questions. He sat down and said, no, 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 don't ask me anything. Let me say my piece.
2: You have to ask questions. Until until we care about something besides how many points we score, we're not going to win much. Can't play like that. I mean, we scored. Our offense was good. That's five of the last seven games we've been pretty good on offense. We are playing no defense, not one guy. There's not a bright spot. We don't run back on defense. We don't guard the ball, our pick-and-roll stuff. All stuff that was good... I think we're as high as like 12th or 13th in defense about 10 games ago. And we're right back to where we started ground zero. where All we want to be is let's try to outscore the other teams. It doesn't work in the NBA unless you're well, actually it never works. OK, so what I just told them, this is either you build a game that will actually work at the end of the year when you play the important games or you don't. That's it. That's what the NBA is all about, okay? It's not that we don't have the talent to do it. All we care about is scoring. That's it. And if you're going to try to play like that, you better have like five all-stars. But we don't have that kind of talent. So it's not something that will work. We're either going to decide to get back to playing with a defensive effort. It's not, it's not that we're not trying to win. As we go about it all wrong. Okay. I mean, watch team after team, right? There's always a team every year that they get there, and what happens? They get drilled because they don't have a game. They don't have the right kind of game. You can't just outscore people in the NBA. You can't. You can't. And you can't decide that you're not going to do the things that take effort, like rebounding or getting loose balls or putting your body in front of the ball. You can't. It just doesn't work that way. And that's what we're trying to do right now. All right? Steve Clifford. That's his entire press conference, ladies and gentlemen. Wasn't that awesome?
0: Don't you want to have a beer with that guy? I'd play basketball for that guy. I love that. I don't know how his players are going to love it, but his players stink. They're 7-21. and 21. It's not Steve Clifford's fault. This team was doomed from the jump. They didn't want Steve Clifford. They wanted Kenny Atkinson, and then he decided, Ah, oh, never mind, I'm going to go back to the Warriors. So they hired Steve Clifford, rolled this guy out of the mothballs. He's the Tom Clements of the NBA. Just to put it into perspective for folks. He's been around the block, and now he's back in the league, and he's coaching a team that doesn't want to play defense. Last night, Kelly Oubre shot 10 of 27. Terry O'Shea shot 8 of 28. P.J. Washington shot 5 of 17. There's just shots being jacked everywhere. (laughs) And they're not playing a lick of defense. And for those who heard that and think, well, no teams in the NBA play defense. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, contraire, Montferi, that's not true. NBA defense is interesting because teams can defend Perfectly, with full effort, and the other team can still get a bucket because the NBA is full of really good offensive players. And it's designed for the offensive players to score, just like football, right? This is how we set up these leagues. We like offense, we like points. It's harder on defense than it is on offense. I don't know that I can remember a coach in recent memory going to the podium and saying, my guys aren't trying this, and just lit them up for a minute and a half. I enjoyed watching that last night. Bucks Warriors. I want to talk about this matchup a little bit more. I know we talked about it yesterday, but it was a great game on Tuesday night. The Bucks have the Grizzlies tonight. That should be another great matchup. Western Conference. Talked about Javon Carter yesterday and the job he did defending Steph Curry. If you missed that and you're a Bucks fan, go find it in the podcast because I really enjoyed that 15, 20 minutes or so that we broke down Tuesday night's game. By the way, the Warriors lost again last night. Steph got hurt. Going to miss a couple weeks. Draymond got ejected with about eight minutes left when it was a 12-point game. Then the Warriors pulled within three. Dante DiVincenzo hit a three. Thanks, Dante. There's a minute 15 left. It's one-possession game, and probably would have been nice to have Draymond out there, but he got himself ejected. Whatever. We're not here to talk about the Warriors. This isn't the Warriors sports show. It's the Wisco sports show. I want to talk about the Bucks, and I want to talk about the Bucks by way of Andrew Wiggins because the Warriors have been without Andrew Wiggins. I was thinking about this yesterday. Is Andrew Wiggins their second-most important player? Can the Warriors... Least afford after Steph Curry to lose Andrew Wiggins. Would they rather have Wiggins over Draymond? I'd say so. Wiggins over Clay? Yes. From an X's and O standpoint, Clay's a franchise legend. He's really important to that team. But if I got to win a game tonight, Andrew Wiggins needs to be on the floor. The Warriors lack three-point shooting. Andrew Wiggins is seventh in three-point efficiency this year. The Warriors lack defense and rebounding. Saw that the other night. That's Andrew Wiggins. So I think the Warriors, if they had to win a game tonight... The player they could least afford to be without is Steph Curry. And I think the next player would be Wiggins. So I started thinking about the Bucks. What's the order, right? What's the order of all of the Bucks players in order? What is the order that we could least afford to lose them? Do you get what I'm saying? So if we had to decide, I want this guy to be guaranteed to be on the floor, then this guy, then this guy, if we had to rank them. Well, Giannis is number one, but then I was trying to decide... If I had to play a playoff series without either Drew Holiday or without Chris Middleton or maybe Brooke Lopez, you could maybe argue that he's their second most valuable player. I I wouldn't, but maybe you could. Giannis is number one. And then I think it's Middleton or Drew number two. And if you're without Middleton or you're without Drew, you lose different things with each player, right? If the Bucks lose Chris, they lose shot making and they lose a wing defender. And those two traits could be more or less valuable depending on the matchup, depending how the team is playing. For example, if Grayson Allen and Javon Carter and George Hill and Pat Connaughton are hitting three-point shots and Bobby Portis is getting his offense inside, little hook game, you know, offensive boards, maybe he's hitting some threes too. If all that is happening, then I think the Bucks can handle Chris's absence on offense, right? But if the Bucks struggle to hit threes, as they've been known to do in the playoffs, Middleton shot making is necessary. Because without Middleton shot making, you have games like they had against the Sixers a couple weeks back, where Giannis is banging his head into a wall, nobody's hitting a shot, and the game just slows down to a grind. It feels ugly. It feels painful. If the Bucs, say, are playing the Warriors, I think they can live without Chris Middleton as a wing defender. The Bucs are playing the Celtics. You gotta go against Tatum. You gotta go against Brown. You kinda need Chris Middleton. Not that Chris Middleton is this unbelievable wing defender, but they only have so many wings. Chris Middleton, 6'8". He's assignment-sure. He's experienced. He's not going to make gaffes, not going to make errors. So if you lose Chris, you lose shot-making, you lose a wing defender. If the Bucs lose Drew, they lose his defense, and they lose his ball handling. The Bucs can get really sloppy on offense without Drew. You saw this the other night. Chris will kick the ball around a little bit. He's 6'8". He's not a point guard. He can facilitate offense. He can find open shooters. He can play a two-man game with Giannis, but... He's not a true point guard. Defense, they can get by okay without Drew. I mean, look at what Javon Carter did the other night. Now, if you're going against bigger players, you want Drew because Drew's built like a house. I'll say Chris and Drew are 2A and 2B of players that the Bucs can least afford to lose. I don't know that you can rank them. I think it depends on the matchup and on shooting luck. I think next is Brooke Lopez because Brooke Lopez makes life easier on everyone else around him on defense. Brooke covers so much space. He covers so much space. Brook is the equivalent of a, of a Darrell Rivas type corner. You can put him on an island, not worry about him, and no one has to give help. No one has to help off the three-point line. No one has to sink in the paint. You can just rely on Brook. And he can get to his offensive game if his threes are going down, and he can get to the rack too. It's all very matchup dependent, which I think is good for the Bucks. They can lose Chris Middleton for a stretch and still sustain offense. They can lose Drew Holiday and still sustain defense. Very matchup dependent. And that's why the playoffs are a little bit of a crapshoot. If you're playing team X and you lose team Y, eh, not much you can do. But if you're playing team Y and you lose team X, you could still win the series. Basketball's a funny game that way. And the Andrew Wiggins injury on Tuesday night got me thinking about what would this Bucks team look like if they had to win a couple games without player X, player Y, or player Z? Let's talk about all the Badger players before we get to Zach But I want to talk Badger's hoops. I tried to put each Badger player in a category. Give them a title today. I think I did a pretty good job. I think I figured it out. We'll do that next on the Wisco Sports Show.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
0: Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. One NBA thing. Before we step out of the NBA lounge and talk Badgers basketball. Zach Heilbrin in a few minutes. This is from TMZ. The infamous ejected fan from Bucks Warriors the other night says he told Draymond Green, quote, Milwaukee fans are giving you a pass regarding his altercation with Jordan Poole. The Bucks reportedly offered him a refund on his tickets and free ones to a future game. Man, I swear, Draymond Green is so damn annoying. Like, dude, the fan didn't run onto the court and punch you in the face. Like, come on. I don't know, dude, if I got thrown out of a Bucks game for not saying anything, oh, he made threats to my life. The hell he did. Unless he said, hey, I have a gun in the car and I'll be waiting for you outside. Then he didn't make threats to your life. We've talked about this, like the death threats to, to Tyler Hero thing. Remember that? Remember that on, on TNT a couple of years ago and they're like, Tyler Hero, when committing to Wisconsin and going to uh, going to Kentucky, uh, death threats were mailed to his high school. Find me one person, let alone multiple, as the story goes, that sat down, penned a letter with a specific death threat to mail it to a high school. I'm, I'm going to call. I'm going to call cap on that, as they say. That is cap. I do not believe that for a second. Yeah, throw him out, though. Draymond. Dr- Draymond threw himself out last night. Game ended up being close. Steph Curry gets hurt. Team really could have used Draymond Green last night. Uh, No, he removed himself from the game uh, because he was being Draymond Green. Nice. Nice, Draymond. All right, that's the NBA Lounge. I want to talk about the Badgers. Send me a text. 608-796-2558. Mike in Colorado. Jason on Lower Tanner Lake. Mike in Colorado's got a good point. He said Matt LaFleur could use some pointers from that guy. Yeah, Steve Clifford calling out his team for not trying on defense, for not playing together, for not putting forward effort, all of these things. All right, we're going to talk Badgers basketball, Badgers football with Zach Heilprin in a few. I, I put my mind to it today, and I mentioned this at the, the end of last night's show. I wanted to try to come up with a role or to come up with a label for every player on the Badgers team because we were kicking around the idea that Chucky Hepburn, Tyler Wall are the best players, but man, Stephen Crowell might be one of the most, if not the most important player. And this is playing off of the theory last year that Ben Kenney had that Johnny Davis was the best player, but Tyler Wall was the most important player. And I said, well, wait a minute. Let's sit down and we'll actually come up with an actual title for all these players. So I did it, right? And here's what I came up with. Team MVP is Chucky Hepburn, right? Consider what he does on both ends. He hits his free throws. He plays the point guard position, which is like the quarterback of basketball. So he's touching the ball the most. He's handling the ball in high leverage situations. I love Tyler Wall. And I consider him on basically even footing with Chucky Hepburn. But point guards matter, I think, more than forwards do in close games. Plus, Chucky hits his free throws. So, sorry, Tyler Wall. Now, Tyler Wall, I think, is their best player. Maybe not their team MVP. He's not Chucky Hepburn, but he's the next best thing, and he's very close. He can distribute from the interior, which I like. He can pass out of the post, and he can be the center of the offense in a different place on the floor, which I think gives the offense different looks, forces the defense to behave and move in different ways, which I love. That's valuable. That keeps the offense moving. Now, the Jamie Lannister of this team is Connor Sejan, okay? Because when I think of Connor Sejan and what he's expected to do for this team this year, I think of this quote when Tywin Lannister is talking to his son, Jamie in season one, Game of Thrones. The
3: future of our family will be determined
1: in these next few months. We could establish a dynasty that will last a thousand years or we could collapse into nothing as the Targaryens did. I need you to become the man you were always meant to be. Not next year, not tomorrow. I need Connor
0: Sejan to be that boy now. Like, I know you're a freshman, buddy, but we need you. All right, we got an opportunity here in the Big Ten this year. Make some noise, win some games, compete, contend. I need it. This is with the same role that Browns and Kanin had in 2014, 2015. Is it fair to expect this of a freshman? No, but it's reality, okay? Connor Sejan is the Jamie Lannister of the Badgers this year. The, uh, just don't mess anything up, guys. Max Klesmet and Carter Gilmore. Just don't mess anything up. Just be competent, okay? Just keep it between the mustard and the mayo. No brain farts. Make the easy plays. Make your free throws. If you do that, I'll be happy. Josh Gosser 2.0, or the poor man's Josh Gosser, Jordan Davis. Ideally, he needs to be the most reliable 3 and D guy on the floor. Okay? Jordan Davis is very athletic. He's a great wide receiver in high school. Great attitude. He's got all the things. Become a great 3 and D guy and then add a little bit more in transition, a little bit more through passing. Be a great player for the Badgers the next couple of years if he can do that. And finally... Finally figured out what bucket to put Steven Crow in. The Thor of the team. Thor from Avengers. You think of the scene in Infinity War when they're all battling and the Avengers are starting to get overwhelmed and it looks bleak. Uh, this isn't going well. And then boom, Thor comes flying in. And he says, Bring me Thanos. This part. <laughs> the full movie. I just know the scene. That's Stephen Crowell, because the Badgers are really good, even if Stephen Crowell is just kind of mid, but when Stephen Crowell gets it going, and if he can play really well, they're going to need him against the Big Ten. He's going to come in and say, bring me Thanos, but instead of Thanos, bring me Hunter Dickinson. Bring me Chris Murray. Bring me Trace Jackson Davis. Right? Because they're going to need him. They can win a lot of battles without him, but man, when he comes flying in and he does his thing, he gets that Kareem Skyhook, like we saw the other night. This is a great team. Send me a tweet at Wisco Grant or send me a text and I can get to him on the other side. But we got to call Zach Heilper and talk Badgers basketball, talk Badgers football. Coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
0: Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Mike Clements will join us in an hour. Our conversation on Tuesday. Was interrupted at its high point. We were about to really get to some gold. And then the phone connection cut off. I think it was Mike's fault. I won't tell him that, but I, I think it was. He'll join us in an hour. Right now, he's getting ready to go on air. And so kind to give us a couple of minutes as he is frantically preparing there at Monks and Sun Prairie. Kenny and Heilprin, we have half of Kenny and Heilprin. That's Zach Heilprin. Hello, Zach. I appreciate you cutting out time right before you have to go on air to join me.
4: There's nothing I would rather do than cut out some time for you before uh, Kenny and Heilprin. I mean, I literally can't think of anything else I'd like rather be doing right now. Uh,
0: say hi to everyone at Monks. I wish I well, could actually, be there.
4: Well, actually, uh, they they wanted to say hi to you real okay. quick. Okay. So yeah, so
0: here's Evo. Okay. Hey Grant, what's going on, buddy? Hi Ebo. Uh, it's good. Oh, I, I get right. to pick Zach's brain about Badgers basketball. How exciting is that? Uh, It's so exciting. Um, Hey, great show. Here's Zach Heilpred back. I didn't realize we were on there. Love you.
4: Andrew Wagner Body you.
0: Love you, too. He did not. That's not true. It's not true. It's not true at all. Thank you. Thank you, Zach.
4: You owned owned him. Okay,
0: really quickly before we get into Badgers, whenever Andrew goes and starts talking about video games or fantasy baseball, I have him because I don't do either, and that's like an old man argument. And anytime he pulls that out, that's the sign that I have won.
4: He he. May, there may not be a bigger shill for the Brewers than Andrew Wagner. This
0: did you say? Did you see that he was like? A, he said, "Oh, but people call me a shill," and I wanted to reply and be like, "No one called you a shill, Andrew. You're telling on yourself." But I, I don't know. I don't like to go back and forth for too long. That's not a professional look. That reflects poorly on all of us. So I consider you guys when I'm tweeting as well. No, I, I was. That was that was a, that was a joke, obviously, but. Um, I, I don't understand why people
4: tell other people how to fan. Thank like, I, don't, you. I don't get that. I don't get that. Especially media telling people how to fan. And come on now, it's badger basketball.
0: It's it's kind of ridiculous. Either way, yes, uh, badger, badgers. Badgers, badgers. Badgers basketball. Okay, so I've been listening to all your, your programming this week. The swing with Jesse Temple's been great. Kenny and Heilprin. And there's a theme, right? They're winning close games, right? And the Badgers they need to win more confidently. They need to win more handily. Can I? I just want to push back on that idea a little bit. Just a little bit and say, well, they need to execute better. They need to do this. I just want to say, Zach, that's college basketball. That's the nature of the sport, right? I don't think it's supposed to look pretty at the end. It's kind of a hectic game, and these are kids. So I'm okay with the finishes. I I get it. That's part of it.
4: Yeah, I don't think Greg Gard's okay with it. Um, Sure. I know he's not okay with it because he he said yesterday yesterday when I asked him about the close games um, that uh, he's going to have to start consulting me uh, about my barber. Nice. Uh, these games continue to go this way, and for anybody for anybody that's unaware, I am follicly challenged, and Whoa. so he's a. Uh, I mean, and so is he. He's still holding on to it a little bit, but he's 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 follicly challenged as well, just not as much as me. He hasn't he hadn't come all the way home yet. I, I don't think I don't think winning games like this is necessarily something you can count on for the rest of the year. They did it last year. They went eighteen and two in the regular season, yeah, and then they went one and two in the postseason uh, in close games. So it's it's not something you want to do on a regular basis their their margin fare is pretty small they they don't have and it was last year too it's just they didn't have a johnny davis to be able to make up for it um and and now it's kind of a, it's just a little bit different this year but i mean any wins a good win i just don't it, this is just not sustainable the way that they're they're doing it uh, when you don't have a star in my mind in my opinion
3: okay
0: i, I get that i, I mean Last year they did have Johnny Davis. I want to talk about Johnny Davis for a sec because, I, and I brought this up on my show last night. I remember Mr. Kenny, your co-host last year, saying Johnny Davis is the batter's best player. Tyler Wall is the most important. Do you remember this? This is I remember this very clearly from I, last I,
4: season. I honestly don't remember half. I mean, I don't remember a quarter of what Ben. Kenny says, that's so that's uh to, to think that I to think that I will remember that I, I don't.
0: Well, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. I, I want to refresh that. I always thought that was an interesting take. This season, you said.
4: Just hold on a second. Yes, he said uh, last year, you told him that
5: Tyler Wallace the most important player on the team,
4: but Johnny Davis is the best player. The best player, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. It was a half baked take, is what he said. Well, yeah. So. It's
5: look. Zach,
0: you're a journalist. You're you're a journalist. No, Us radio hosts, we're we're part journalist, part analyst, part entertainer. Sometimes you gotta you gotta say things like that just to get people's mind thinking about these teams. You know, you have to frame things yeah. creatively, right? We're, we're not. I got you. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not working for the New York Times here. The the way I see it this year, this is my point. I think Wall and Hepburn are kind of on equal footing. They play different positions, but I think they're kind of co best players. Man, the more I watch the Badgers, Steven Crowell is really important to this team and Zach, if I think he could just raise his game just a little bit, that raises the ceiling of this Badgers team by a lot, right?
4: Well, he's so important because they don't have anybody behind him.
0: Yes. Last course. year, like if last year if it didn't work out
4: and if he was having a bad game or if he was in foul trouble, you could always throw Chris Vote in there. They don't have a Chris vote. Uh, you know, Carl Gilmore's given some good minutes. But he's not he's not a seven he's not a six eleven seven footer, right? So yeah. that's that's kind of the problem is especially when you get into big ten play. Iowa's not a big team, so you know, and, and neither uh, with Maryland really. So it's it's gonna be a little bit different with um when it comes to Purdue. <laughs> when it comes yeah. to Michigan, when it comes to some of the bigger teams that he's gonna have to match up with. But I think he's taken a, a big step up. Greg Garden, we heard from uh, after the game on Sunday talk about how like he doesn't he doesn't have the confidence to know how good he is, like he needs, he yeah. needs to be constantly told, like how good he can be. And usually, that's not the case with college basketball players. It's usually the other way around. Yeah. But he needs to continue to be built up and keep on, uh, continue to be pushed and continue to, um, you know, just keep on being told that you're. I don't know, like this. Is, I don't want this is way back, but like the Stuart Smalley thing, like you're good enough type of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, from from SNL, like maybe he needs that a little bit because he's he's got that ability. And um, Greg Gard told him that last ring when they were handing out all these all big 10 honors when Johnny was getting all that stuff and he's like you're next you could be the next guy that could get this type of stuff
0: are you a Marvel fan do you watch the Marvel movies yeah okay so what I said right before I had you on is when I think of Stephen Crowell I think of the scene from Infinity War when Thor comes into Wakanda out of nowhere and just shakes up the battle because I think the Badgers even with Stephen Crowell just kind of being a a center that doesn't do much. They're a good team. They got a lot of good pieces. You got your Iron Man, your Black, and they're fighting. But I think in some of these Big Ten games, they're going to get overpowered a little bit. You're Chase you know, Trace Jackson Davis, Hunter Dickinson, Chris Murray. And I think that's when Thor's got to come flying in. And I think Thor, even though, mm-hmm. though Stephen Crowell does not look like Thor, he's Thor in that. He's got to come flying in and, and take him up a notch, right?
4: Mm. I'm just thinking about the reaction of all the other Characters yeah, yeah, when yeah. that happened, and they're like, "Oh, you're in trouble now." Yeah. I don't know if people feel that way when Steven Crowell comes into the game. Um,
0: yeah,
4: I get where you're coming from. Yes. I get where you're coming from.
0: Yes, okay, I'll take that. Um, I'll take like, it. But I
4: no, but like I, I kind of think I, this this is a horrible comparison. But like a couple years ago, remember when? Remember when? Uh, uh who was the? I'm um, Nate readers and who was the other big guy? Aleem
6: Ford. Uh, Michael, Michael Potter. Potter, no, no, Michael, oh, Potter. Oh, Michael Potter. Thank okay. you.
4: Three six, Missed, like half the season. Yeah, and then you dropped him back in. That that to me would be like kind of adding Thor. Mm. Like, oh, you better watch out now. This this team with yeah. with Michael Potter, watch out type of thing. So, That's right. That's good. Uh, with with Stephen Crowell, maybe not so much, but he's very very important to what they are going to do this year because he is their only big. He's playing more minutes than anybody else. It's just been a lot of uh, really good play from him.
0: I appreciate that, and I appreciate you sticking with my analogy. I'm glad you're a Marvel man. I've never seen that movie start to finish. I just know that scene. I'm not a big Marvel guy, but I I know I, I know, I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of a problem. Uh, We're talking with yeah. Zach Heilprin. It's the not Wisco ca- Sports Show. I wouldn't
4: show. call you. am not, yes. not gonna call you a
0: casual. I'm not
4: gonna call you a Marvel casual,
0: but I'm not even a ca- I, I I I'm not even you, a casual. Yeah. I'm the tier below right? casual. <laughs> yeah. I'm whatever's below a casual. It's the Wisco Sports Show. It's a Kenny and Heilprin pregame. Uh, Jordan Davis, really quickly. Am I delusional if I can say? that he could become like a poor man's Josh Gosser, great three and D, and really be an important cog on this team for the next two or three years?
4: Um, Josh Gosser was a very, very good defensive player. I understand, yes. Josh Gosser was also a career 40% three-point shooter. Yes,
0: and he was for years and years, his whole career, since he started, absolutely. Poor man.
4: So it seems a little... might be asking a little bit much okay. of Jordan Davis for that. Because Jordan Davis is shooting about twenty eight percent from three this year. Yeah, but that'll that that number not, go not necessarily I would bet on that. Not necessarily a lockdown defender. Like I, you're not putting Jordan Davis on your best on your on your best player. Like Josh Gosher had to pick up the best offensive player, mm-hmm. backcourt player every single night. So I mean it's a little bit difficult. A little bit difficult.
0: Okay, so how i frame it this. It should be Jordan Davis's goal to be the Josh Gosser of this team. Should i frame it that way? That's what he should strive for. A lot of players should strive for that.
5: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Like that
4: he that can be his role. Like Josh wasn't a big scorer, yeah, but he could hit an open shot when he had it. I and mean, yeah. he hit some big shots and thinking about the 2014 tournament against Oregon and Milwaukee, he hit a couple threes, like big threes, made a yep. couple big baskets. So there there is there there is something to that.
0: All right. We're coming together. Look um, at I, us. We're meeting in
4: the I'll, middle. I'll throw this out there. Uh, according to uh, according to Evo, he says Jordan Davis is
0: Aquaman. His abilities aren't often needed, but sometimes come up big. Yeah, well, Evo, don't listen to Evo. They spent the entire week. <laughs> they they spent the entire week, and I love Evo, but I'm still receiving shrapnel on my show of that stupid Connor and dunk debate that they started Monday morning. it's uh, the biggest waste of time.
4: It is. It is. He should have dumped it. So it's not. It's, it's not. Not a big deal.
0: Okay, we're going to move on. Uh, football. <laughs> football. Luke Fickle, Phil Longo. We haven't talked since all this news has come together. It's been a really fun couple of weeks. At least we haven't talked since Phil Longo. So, commitments, visits, transfers, all these transactions. Could you help us make sense of it? Because I know some of these players were already committed to Luke Fickle, which maybe like, maybe it seems like players are now pouring into Wisconsin, but I think some of these players are just following him. Tell us what we should be hyped about and what we need to cool off a little bit on. Does that make sense?
4: Yeah, I mean... the. The two guys that they got originally, um, Jonas Declona and Brayden Moore, the, the the two DBs, were both guys that were committed to uh, Cincinnati. Pretty much unaware, Cincinnati's class before Luke Fickle left was ranked 26 in the country at the time. Wisconsin's class was in the 40s, yeah. um, so it was a, it was one of the best recruiting classes Cincinnati had ever had. And most of those guys have now decommitted. A lot of them have ended up other places. I think a lot of them could end up at Wisconsin. There's more visiting this weekend. A guy named Amari Snowden who's uh a db kind of a an athlete um who's one of their was one of their highest rated recruits. But those those are you know, obviously big additions. They they cared about him so much. Uh Jesse Temple has this story on the athletic, a great story about Jonas Declono, what how much how badly they wanted him. He came on his official visit last week, really wanted to I mean he's like I really enjoy his time. On Sunday he's like, you know what, I just need some more time to think about it. And so he flew back home to Florida and the next morning, when he woke up, he, he went out to lunch or something like that with his with his parents, and uh, someone uh, two recruiters from Wisconsin rolled up saying, "This is how much we want you. We're here. Are you ready to say yes yet?" And wow. he did. So yeah, that uh, yeah. So that's how much th- they wanted him. And they've they've been putting this kind of full court press on a lot of on a lot of different guys, and they're not going to take everybody. They're not just saying we're throwing all these scholarships out and going to have everyone jump in this class. It's not going to be like that. But the guys that they uh, have offered are guys that they want and and the ones that they're going after hard.
0: So I I love your work with Jesse Temple, and and you're always talking about his great writing, and he is a great writer. I'm a subscriber. My two go-to Badgers people writing is your work at madstoriesportzone.com and Jesse Temple. I I just got to wonder, do you hype up my work and my show to other people the way you (laughs) hype up Jesse Temple?
4: Jesse Temple's one of the best in the business. You are, I guess, oh. an award-winning. Uh, uh, you are award-winning, award-winning radio host. Okay, well, um, I, maybe I do need to start doing that a little bit more. The, the thing is, Grant, like Jesse's not a competitor, so like I'm not competing with him. Like when I go on other, when I go on other broadcasts, and, and if I were going to talk about your work, it'd be kind of like talking about true. your work to competition. True. So that's pr- otherwise, I totally would. I think everything that you're doing is just off the level. You know, just off the charts. Great. It's just. I don't. I can't talk about it with, you know, when I go on other shows because that's your competition.
0: Well, you're a professional. And by the way, how many beers have you had? Because you've had at least one. There's no way you would be saying all these things.
4: Uh, maybe I'm getting a contact high from from ego. <laughs> I, I I actually just showed up,
0: so I haven't had anything to drink yet. Good for you. You guys are going to talk. According to Ben's Twitter bull practice report, that sounds great looking at Wisconsin's future at quarterback and reacting to Luke Fickle's recent wins on the recruiting trail. I look forward to listening tomorrow because I will have to listen to the podcast, Zach. Yep. All right. Sweet. Have a great show, Zach. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Zach Heilprin, madcitiesportzone.com, and on Twitter, at Zach Heilprin. We appreciate his time. We appreciate Zach. What a nice guy. Let's talk more Badgers. We can add on to this conversation. Coming up next, Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
0: Wisco Sports Show, my name is Grant Bills. Mike Clemens will join us to talk Packers. Malafleur threw around some words today about. Monday night football and the condition its going to be like five degrees saying, oh, yeah, we love to play in the cold. Well, you know, recent history would maybe suggest otherwise, but I always love cold weather football under the lights at Lambeau and America's booth going to be calling the game. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman's. We look forward to that. We'll talk about that in the second hour of the show. Just got off the horn with our guy, Zach Heilprin. Kenny and Heilprin will be taking over on the zone in Madison starting in about 10 minutes. We appreciate Zach's time. And his coverage of Badgers basketball, Badgers football. And he's just a good friend. He's just a good guy. Might be the best man at my wedding if I were to get married tomorrow. Now, Zach got married without me knowing. Uh, But, you know, it's busy planning a wedding. It's easy, you know, to forget about people. And you know, I don't work directly with him. I'm not in the same building. So I understand how that oversight happened. I got a text here from Corn, from who says, would Charlie Thomas be a solid addition to this team? Corn has now called in. Corn. Yes, he would be. Charlie Thomas could be very useful for this team.
5: Yeah, because it's exactly what you were saying last segment with Heil Like, you know, you used to have Chris Vogt. You don't really have a second big body. So Crowell gets in foul trouble in Big Ten play. It's going to, it could be tough.
0: Especially against some of these bigger centers. We're talking about Hunter Dickinson, Trace Jackson Davis, Chris Murray, who didn't play for Iowa the other night. The Big Ten You're just seeing a lot of huge bodies. And you just need someone to eat fouls. They don't even have to be good corn. They just need to relieve Stephen Crowell. And if he takes an early foul, give him a break to keep him available for later on in the game. And Charlie Thomas was literally that. He was a huge body. He never developed one ounce of his game. But that's also kind of the guy they need at backup center. Yeah, I think
5: towards the end of his career, wasn't he starting to take some threes every once in a while? Yeah, but like
0: Ethan Happ would fire it. Like taking an uncontested spot up three... Everyone should be able to at least fake their way through doing that, but the footwork, the ball handling, the touch, like, none of it ever. That that entire recruiting class, Khalil Iverson, uh, uh, Charlie Thomas was a part of that. Who else is in there? Like, none of them ever developed past what they were as freshmen.
5: Yeah, Nate Reaver is kind of the same way. Brevin got a little better, but he never turned out to be anything too great.
0: Just a corner three point shooter.
5: I do like thinking of
0: I, Jordan Davis playing his way into a poor man's Josh Gosser role. I would I would very
5: much enjoy I that development. I think you are out of your gourd thinking that. Too much? Way too much. Well, I mean, I what? Josh, po- Josh Gosser was like man's. the third freshman, the the third freshman in the Bo Ryan era to ever start as a freshman. Well, that's the thing. He's getting and a we're late. are comparing start. him to Jordan Davis. Poor man. Brand. Poor
0: man's Josh Gosser. Okay
5: poor 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 man homeless I mean, man.
0: okay strip down the titles i'm just trying to find a role it's the role it's the role For, strip the name off of it the three and d guy okay. the elite three and d guy that's my dream
5: oh okay that's better i just can't have you slandering josh gosser like that he's, I, yeah. he's on the mount rushmore of badgers of all time i don't mean
0: to say and, and zach responded the way that he should i i this is more of a trying to figure out what the high end of Jordan Davis would be, rather than comparing Jordan Davis to Josh Gosser. Because I agree it would be disrespectful. What about Zach Showalter? You got a tweet about Zach Showalter. Could could that be more of a, a fair comp, perhaps?
5: Yeah, uh, that's a little. That's definitely more fair. I would still say he's a homeless version of Zach Showalter, but <laughs> a he, he could be a there. I mean, he's, he's been able to hit some threes, some clutch threes, so... You know, i have given Jordan the benefit of the doubt, but I'm still not. I don't have high hopes for him. But you know, these next couple games in the uh, month of December, that's where we'll really want to see. You know, the Jordan Davises of the world kind of step up and, and find a role on this team. Lehigh
0: tonight, can they blow this team out? They should be able to blow out Lehigh. I know they couldn't blow out anyone earlier this year, but they should be able to blow this team out.
5: They I mean, the Badgers are incapable of blowing teams out for the last five years. I mean, honestly, I don't I don't see a blowout. I see another maybe ten point game, fifteen point game, but not a blowout by any means.
0: Well, maybe if Jordan Davis steps his game up, maybe it'll be possible.
5: Yeah, I'm looking
0: why am I weirdly so excited to
5: watch this game tonight? Because you're you're coming over to the good side. You're digging deep into college basketball. You're putting, you're washing the bad taste out of your mouth from previous badger teams. You're you're coming to the right side, Grant.
0: I watched, uh, I believe it was the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff uh, versus Minnesota last night for a couple of minutes because the Knicks and the Bulls, I just didn't want to watch the first half of that game.
5: Can you see the end of that game?
0: Knicks, Knicks, Bulls? Yeah, I went to overtime. Yeah, Knicks won.
5: Yeah, with uh, Julius Randle dribbling out the ball until he chucks up a terrible baseline fadeaway jumper in regulation. Yeah, that's known to happen. Well, at least he didn't shoot a
0: contested three from the top of the key like all the kids do nowadays. Like Chucky. Yeah, like Chuck. Yeah, like Chucky. I'm going to retweet that tweet I have like a million times this year. Well, Corn, I got to take a break here in a few minutes. We got Lehigh tonight. We got the Bucks tonight. I hope to see you on Twitter
5: breaking down all of it. Um, I will not be breaking down a minute of the Bucks game. <laughs> Full attention on Badgers. Greg Gard. Let's okay, go. well, I'll take, I'll take
0: it. Let's let's ride. Enjoy the game tonight, Corn. Yeah, me too, Grant. Thanks. That is our friend uh, Cone Roller, who has you know been named a couple different things: Cornucopia Roller, uh, Corn Roller, and then of course Corn Hole Roller, which is a name bestowed on him by Dave and Monona. We haven't heard from Dave in a while. I don't know what Dave thinks about what's going on with this Badgers team. Look, I was talking to Zach, and I said, Zach, on all your podcasts, on all your shows, and I listen to them all, and I know Zach doesn't miss a minute of this program, so it goes both ways, tot- totally. On all of Zach's shows, keeps talking about, oh, this team makes it harder than they need to. This team's playing too many close games, and I I do agree that they need to be able to slam the door when they have a chance to slam the door. They had a chance to slam the door against Iowa and they didn't do it, but some of these Big Ten games are going to be close, and college basketball is an imperfect sport. It's an imp- it's imperfect, right? So you're not always going to be able to fully perfectly close down the game because these kids aren't pros. They're college kids. There's going to be a certain degree of ugliness, there's going to be a certain degree of of mistakes being made at the end, especially like Connor Seegun, he's a freshman. He had a he had a freshman blunder against Iowa. You don't want that to happen often, but in college basketball, that happens. It's the type of sport that it is. Right. So I, I, I don't know if the Badgers win another Big Ten game and they win by three and it ends up being closer than it should have. I'm not going to be the one to get upset about it and to treat it like it's like it's a big. No, some of these games just can be close. That's Big Ten basketball. That's college basketball. It's an imperfect game. And that's why we love it. But we need to judge it like the imperfect game that it is, like the imperfect game that we love. Because if we start judging it like an NBA game, we're never going to be happy and we're never going to enjoy any of these games. I understand you don't want to play a one-possession game every night. I totally get it. Because Greg Gard is going to lose all his hair and then him and Zach are going to look like twins, which would be really funny, don't get me wrong. But we're just not going to enjoy it that way. We're not going to appreciate it that way. I was told that college basketball is the best because it's imperfect and it's kids. And I'm willing to accept that and enjoy it, but then we got to you know hold that up we can't start asking these guys to shoot 100% from the free throw line although that would be nice and we can't ask them to be perfect cuz they're not going to be perfect they're kids all right i've said my piece about college basketball let's talk about the packers we're going to get to mike Clemens before too long i want to take more calls and texts because i just wasn't able to take very many of them uh very many of them in the first half of the show so we can do that coming up as well talking packers 5 degrees at Lambeau field my god i can't wait for monday night wisco sports show back in 2 minutes soft coverage. We're not so different. We are the world. Who would have thought? Huh?
1: This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills.
0: I just want to I just want to make sure everyone understands. I respect Josh Gosser and understand how good he was for how long he was good. He was incredible. He's one of the best Badgers ever because he did it for four years. He was consistent. As Zach said, 40% shooter. But again, we're, we're looking at the high end. We're thinking creatively. We're trying to get out of our comfort zone in the way we talk about our teams. And it was what I told Zach. It's like, look, some of these takes we throw around, the framing of some of these players in their games, we're just, we're just trying to think outside the box. Right? This isn't New York Times journalism here. We're not being fact-checked by a million people. We're just we're just we're just talking about sports, man. We're just shooting the breeze. But I do want to make sure everyone understands. Yes, I I I do understand how good Josh Gosser was. And I, I don't mean to throw him around as a comp casually. I also think very highly of Jordan Davis, so I just a unique set of circumstances coming together tonight. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you've had a fantastic day. Mike Clemens, about 30 minutes. He'll join the show. A lot of hackers meeting with the media today. He sent me some audio. Justin Hollins, Rudy Ford, Aaron Rodgers. A lot of voices we're going to hear from. And Matt LaFleur talking about the cold weather on Monday. Single-digit temps. And he's excited about that. I look forward to that, but I'm not the one who has to play in it. I just love the Midwest and I love cold weather football. The Vikings playing inside, the Bears maybe somewhere down the line in the next couple of years playing inside, it breaks my heart. Sad, and I know this guy agrees with me. Hector in Onalaska. Hector, you're a football in the cold weather man. I, I just I know that about you.
6: Absolutely. Damn right. Yeah. Yeah. I've uh even like uh when's the I've only been to one Packer game. Um, I blessed my father-in-law because my birthday is two days before his. So I bought two tickets, and I took him to the uh, when the Ravens came to Lambeau. Um, And it was about four degrees that day, negative seven with windchill or something like that. And I was just happy. It may may have to do with the fact that the Ravens uh, beat the hell out of the Packers, although... They had, who was it that was playing QB? Because Rodgers was out with the broken collarbone that year, oh, I believe. So boy. they had. Um, it could have been. What S- was his name? He's number seven. S- he wore number seven. Seneca
0: Wallace. Uh, wait, which year was this? Because there were two collarbone years.
6: The, um, this was the more, more recent one oh. when, they, when the Ravens were in town about three years ago, three, oh, four years ago. Brett Hundley it would have been, right? Brett Huntley, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. there it's it like is, Colorado. Huntley. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um but yeah, I loved that game, and I mean, they could they could get rid of the freaking metal bleachers. I mean, that would be, but that does add to the experience, you know. Back at you know the high school co- and ho- college football games, it's bleachers, you know that uh, kind I'm of stuff. I'm not gonna
0: lie, but, I-, I pulled up the box score this game. I don't remember this game at all. They won twenty three to zero. I don't remember this game
6: yeah. at all. None. No. No. Oh yeah, I'm sure it's something blocked out of your mind, but it wasn't. It wasn't a good twenty-three to zero. The Ravens, I believe, they scored a touchdown uh, in the fourth quarter, and then like uh they had like a pick six in the fourth as well. So it, they wrapped it up pretty well. But it wasn't an exciting game by any means. But I was just thrilled because I had never you know been to a professional football game um, since I was like seven. I went. That's when I went to a Chargers-Raiders game, and I got my uh, LT jersey signed by the man himself. Mm. Um, poor memory there, but my ex-girlfriend threw it in the dumpster when I kicked her out of the house. Um, so, I don't have it anymore. So, anyway. Women. Um, right. I was, yeah, right. I was calling more so to chime in about your rankings of the Bucks players. Yeah. Because, You guys figured out how to be okay without Chris Middleton. Um, The beginning of this season was electric, and you didn't have Chris Middleton. Um, So I agree with, of course, Giannis is number one. Uh, I would say Drew is probably number two. But then I'm going to Brooke. He, The big man does a lot. And honestly, before I even, like, I do agree with the, a and B thing, but I think that Chris Middleton is three A and Bobby Portis is a close four a three three B. Because the energy that Bobby Portis brings the the um tenacity he plays with, like it's always go, go, go for Bobby Portis. He'll he'll get a put back, just a rebound, put it back off the glass and he's just pumped, and you can just see everyone smiling on the court. You can see the bench getting pumped up, and it brings a different energy that I don't really think Chris Middleton brings. Um, I think he needs to figure out his hairline before he can figure anything out. What on. is
0: with the state's like, dis- not disdain, but man, what does Chris Middleton got to do? Does he got to win the state <laughs> three titles before they actually really love and embrace him? I, I don't know, Hector. I no, you know no, no. I love, no. You, I
6: love me. I-, a Chris- not- I know Chris Middleton. I-, I don't know that you do. I love Chris Middleton, but the fact the fact that they did so well at the beginning of this season without him like there's no ignoring that you know like he is a good part a big part of the team but it's not like if he got hurt again you wouldn't know what to do to get by I don't think that's what I think anyone like if Brooke did who what other big man do you have you have Bobby Portis Honest. but he's not that same kind of big man Giannis yeah but Giannis is your facilitator he can't do everything last year when he tried to do everything you got bounced in a tough physical matchup versus the Celtics and who, who went on and who was absent in that space the and who was absent Chris Middleton yeah okay okay agreed yeah right but then they started the season and they were fine they look like a well-oiled machine without Chris Middleton is what I'm saying so yes that, if you would have asked me in the off season, I would have said Chris Middleton easy number two because they were just in shambles without him. But they started the season perfectly fine without him. And he does add to it, and he'll get better as he gets healthier and everything like that. I don't doubt that for a second. But that would just be my rankings, And, of course, I'm a secondary. You know, I'm a Clippers fan. And the Bucks, just like the Packers, are my second team that, due to where I live and my family and friends and stuff like that. But, yeah. Clippers. Just add in a little bit of spice to your night here, Brent Grant. Clippers have Grant, had a nice Grant Chakula.
0: Yeah, Clippers beat oh, the yeah. Celtics, and then last night—I mean, everyone's beating the Wolves—but still a nice
6: fourth quarter. And I mean, Kawhi Leonard's if, not in a. You You said it chairs, perfectly so. earlier. If If they could get stay healthy, holy smokes, they might actually, you know, make it to the playoffs. Since Chris Paul left the organization back when Doc Rivers was the damn coach, so. Anyway, I'm still out working, Grant. I uh, This is actually my last stop, so I figured I'd give you a call and end my shift yeah. with the bank.
0: Oh, yeah, well, I appreciate it, Hector. Drive safe. The roads are slick. Maybe I'll talk to you tomorrow before the weekend. Sounds good, Grant. You have a good one. Yeah, you as well. That's our guy, Hector in Alaska, Bringing the Bucks back up, which I appreciate. I don't want to talk Packers for a full half hour before we get to Mike. Justin tweets in, oh, boy, I hope Corn is still listening because I think Justin makes an interesting point, and I'm not sure if I agree with Justin or with corn on this one, Justin tweets in and says, "At Wisco Grant, Corn says Gosser is on Badger Mount Rushmore," and then some laughing emojis. No, Frank, Sam, Hap, Devin Harris, Michael Finley, Tucker, Kirk Penny. I'm sure there is more. All right, I think I'm actually going to reject Ethan Hap. Give me, give me Josh Gosser over Ethan Hap. Frank, I will take. All right, let's do our. Okay, we're doing Mount Rushmore. We're doing. I, I need to write this down because I'm doing this on the fly and it's easier if I can write it down. Frank is absolutely on Mount Rushmore. I think that's the one total 100% given. Now, if we're going to talk about eras, now, Justin, you're a little bit older than us. I didn't watch Finley play, but I could include him. Finley, there we got two. Now I'm not so sure. So, Alondo Tucker, I didn't watch him play, but. Did not go well with him as a coach. Does that sully his reputation and his legacy? I would argue yes. I don't think I'm putting Ethan Happ on my Mount Rushmore. Here's the thing about Gosser. you The high end of Josh Gosser was never as high as some of these other players. But Josh Gosser came in on day one. And as Zach said, 40% from three, best defensive player on the court. And he came in and did that in an era where Bo Ryan was the coach. Bo Ryan... It's much tougher. You think you think Bo Ryan would be playing Connor Asijan? Lord, no. Lord, no. So I understand the high end of Sam Decker and Ethan Happ is higher than the high end of Josh Gosser. But if you put Josh Gosser's career start to finish up against some of these guys, Justin, I- I'm not so sure that there's not a spot on the Badgers Mount Rushmore for Josh Gosser. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Sam, again, high-end, Sam Decker we're talking about, high-end, yes. Frank's there, National Player of the Year, took him to two Final Fours, but especially the second year, but Frank's there, Finley's there. After that, I I don't know. I think you debate all these names. Hap is not over Josh Gosser. I, I will not hear that. And corn, if you're still listening and you want a rebuttal, tweet in or DM me on Twitter at Wisco Grant. St. Paul Schmidt. Texts in and says, so is Hector comparing a playoff series without Chris to the first 25 games without Chris? Get a grip. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You know, and the Bucks throughout the first, you know, stretch of the year. Let's pull up the Bucs schedule. Bucks. I love Google, by the way. How many times have I said this during the show? I'm going to pull up the Bucs schedule. Let's look at some of the teams that the Bucks beat. And I'm not minimizing at all the start of this Bucs season because they beat good teams. They beat bad teams. Your record is your record. They're 20 and seven. And I don't think anyone will disagree that they're probably the second best team in the league or the first best team in the league right there with Boston, right? It's those two teams. The Bucks started the year beating Philly. Okay. Nice win. Houston, terrible. Brooklyn, eh, especially early in the year. Nothing special. Knicks are nothing special. Atlanta. That was a nice win. Detroit twice. They're terrible. Minnesota. They're terrible. The Thunder are not good, but nobody played in that game. That was a fun game. Atlanta loss. Oklahoma City. Oh, that's the double OT game that no one played in. Cleveland was a really good game. Cleveland was an outstanding win. And that was without Chris. They lost to the Sixers. I think if you want to find a if you want to find an example of a game where they desperately miss Chris Middleton, and Schmidt would probably reference this. Hector, I'd probably reference this to you. Go rewatch. Friday, November 18th against the Philadelphia 76ers. In fact, I'm going to pull up the box score just to make a, a more specific point. The Bucks looked fine throughout the first two quarters. They looked fine through one half. Philly was without James Harden. They were without Joel Embiid. And Tyrese Maxey got hurt in this game too. They were up at halftime. They weren't without Embiid. They were without everyone else, I should say. The Bucks scored 22 points in the third quarter, 18 points in the fourth. I mean, their offense fell off. They had nothing. That's where Chris Middleton has a role. That's where his impact is felt. Then they beat the Cavs again. That was really impressive. They beat Dallas the other night. That was impressive. They do have a couple of good wins, but it's not like they've been lighting the league on fire. They still haven't played Boston, right? Boston is really the one team that I'm comparing the Bucks to at this point in the year. You can tell me about the 76ers. You can tell me about the Cavs, and those are good teams, but nobody's on the level of Boston or Milwaukee, and I guess we'll watch that game. They play on Christmas, right? Let me scroll down here. Yep, Sunday, December 25th, 4 p.m. on ABC. God, that's going to be a treat. Yeah, Hector Hector did back himself a little bit into a corner by saying, well, last year they struggled in that playoff series when Giannis had to do it all. Giannis had to do it all because Chris Middleton wasn't playing. I love Brooke Lopez, but Brooke Lopez missed the entirety of last year. Giannis stepped into play center way more than you'd ever want him to, and it didn't really hurt his production. He was an MVP candidate, right? So Giannis can do it all. On defense, on offense, you need Chris Middleton's shot making. Again, I will hear an argument that I would rather live without Drew. I'd rather live without Chris. I think it depends on the matchup, and it depends how the rest of the team is playing. If the Bucks are without Chris Middleton, it just puts a lot more pressure on Bobby Portis to score, Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton to hit threes, right? And those guys are capable, but there are going to be nights where threes aren't falling, Bobby Portis isn't playing well, and you're really going to feel the absence of Chris Middleton. Other nights, you won't. And then there's games without Drew Holiday, where Chris Middleton and Giannis and, and others are playing point guard and the ball's getting kicked all over the place, right? And you miss that extra defensive presence in Drew Holiday. It depends on the matchup. It depends on how the role players are playing. It's depending on so many different things. Who I'd rather live without. That's what we're discussing. And we talked about it back at 4 o'clock with the Warriors. I think the Warriors' second best player, I think it's I think it's clearly clearly Andrew Wiggins. And they really feel his loss right now. And I was just trying to figure out, well, if the Bucks could not play without anyone other than Giannis. Who would it be? And I, it's, I don't think it's clear cut like it is with the Warriors. 608-796-2558. Call or text if you want to join the show. I, I don't know. I think Josh Gosser might be on the Mount Rushmore, guys. Chad tweets in and says Devin Harris is for sure there. I, 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 don't, I can't speak to Devin Harris and Finley. That's a little before my time. But I do know that Finley was him before we were calling people him. Ethan Hap over Josh Gosser is wrong in my opinion. David Minotis here. Let's chat with Dave. 608 796
7: What's up, Dave? Hey, buddy. i got to educate these clowns again. You, know, Josh Please. Gossard, he might have been in the all-defense. Uh, me the Mount Rushmore uh, you know, player with a heart and guts and so putting one on the floor. 40% three-point shooter, that. Dave. He was a 40% shooter his entire well, career. He, no, stop. When you only shoot probably you know thirty a year or twenty a year. Oh, he shot. Yeah, forty percent. Yeah. So I mean these percentages. No, no. Okay, people, listen up. Get your pens out. Here we go. First of all, Mount, Mount Rushmore only has four people. So to the idiot that start rattling off ten people, go back to high school. He probably, he probably you know, he probably flunked out of third grade. Mount Rushmore has four people. One, number one, is Ricky Yolson of all time. Who would have been the greatest scorer in Wisconsin history? Probably by 500 points if they if they had a three point shot back then. So he he I mean, he probably he would have been the, the you know the greatest score in Wisconsin history. Okay, number two is Michael Finley
6: because mm-hmm.
7: he played in four years. Number three is Tucker, number four is Harris. Outside of that, I mean, you know, Frank Frank had you know, a couple of years, and he's probably honorable mention. You know. If, if you had another another spot for Frank, it, it, it'd probably be Frank because he had he had back to back years. Okay, we got to remember the first two, the first two years he he couldn't take his grandmother out the dribble. You know who but, could
0: instantly when he got to school was Josh Gosser. I that's the the arguments for Gosser is he did it for four years. He did no it right when he got to Gosser. school. I, look, I, I'm just saying the argument. The argument that has been brought up by others, I, I just I don't want to disrespect Josh Gosser on the show today. I was I was no. doing some Jordan Davis talk, and I, I I don't want to go there, Dave. I just want to make sure he gets his due, and I feel like you're minimizing things. Even if you don't put him on your Mount Rushmore, that's fine. But I, I think you're minimizing some things that we should really respect. No, about what Gasser was,
7: Gosser was the one player when the game was on the line, along with Jordan Taylor, is who you is is the guy you wanted on the floor guarding guarding the guy taking the last shot that team back then you you had Mike you had Andy um I can't I can't do Andy, Andy and Mark the, the big back I can't remember. Uh, Mike, Kelly. Okay. I mean, Mike Kelly Mike Kelly Mike is way far I, no Mike Kelly from the, the <laughs> Garden the 2000 team Okay, is way ahead No no, God, no was good I mean he, he had guts I mean he was no offensive threat but on the defensive end yes if there was a Mount Rushmore of the top 4 players who laid in the line, yeah Gosford might be a a top five or six, absolutely. But to, to glorify a guy who had zero offensive game, but what he brought was on the defensive end the heart and discipline, that's what Gossard brought. But, and Mike Kelly, I mean, I mean, I'd take Kelly over Gossard. I'd take Jordan Taylor over Gossard. Interesting. Al. But, yeah. Interesting. So, I mean, he's, he's, he got to remember he's, the people that are giving these Mount Rush wars, and it's generational. They never, they never, they never, they never was involved in badger basketball back, you know, back in the you know, Well, 18-19. that's that's why
0: I'm happy that you called in because I my my knowledge only goes back so far. Ethan,
7: Ethan Happ being thrown around. Oh, no, Ethan Happ. I mean, come on, people. I mean, yeah, Ethan Happ played, played four years, but Ethan Happ, had, you know, one move to he had one move to his left, he couldn't shoot free throws. He's a pretty good rebounder. No, Ethan Happ was a pretty good player, but I mean, to, to say he's a top fifteen, uh, no. Okay, that's yeah. fair. But no, but uh but, 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 but probably the greatest player is probably Ricky Olson. That guy. Yeah, I mean, if they had a three point shot back then, like, I, I often wondered if they went back and checked his shot. Um, especially his home away splits. Mm-hmm. At home, and you know, on the other way, but you know, that's back to when Basketball was great, but in the field house that dump, you got twelve thousand fans in there. I mean, it's like. Well, I don't know if you've been to a volleyball match in there. There volleyball.
3: Yeah.
7: I mean, the in that place was like, holy smokes, was it louder. See, I used to go and sit right behind the visiting bench. My high school teacher, head of the Cheerleaders, nobody wanted to sit behind the visiting bench because you couldn't see. <laughs> so I got to sit there behind some of the greatest coaches Bobby Knight, Jed Heathcote, uh. Uh, Gene Cady. I mean, I was there at Wesley – there, there's another guy, Wesley Matthews. If he would have stuck around four years, he would have been the greatest player in Wisconsin history. You know, go look, go look up those Bill Cofield teams where you have know, Brad Sellers and Corey Blackwell, some of those those players. But anyway, um, I, I, I knew as soon as I heard somebody talking about Gossard and half, I had to call in. All
0: right. All right. We have some text of people who are agreeing with you. I tweeted out your list, Dave, so we're gonna we're gonna see what the people decide. You can go read the replies on the tweets. Oh well, yeah, but you gotta
7: ask it. people like Eric and Eric ninety four. He's probably my age. If he was around back then he'd know those players. You gotta be older you gotta be older than you know, fifty and IQ about three to know what the hell I'm talking about. What about Pete I Manona? He probably knows. Yeah, I I, I, you know, I believe probably Pete would I mean he would I mean, uh if he followed college basketball, yeah, Pete Pete would know. But I, but I doubt if Pete would, you know, would, would would, you know, talk about it because these are all. Well, no, they're not all white guys. I, I think they're back. But I believe, yeah, I believe <laughs> Pete would know. I am, I am woefully. That's about all, that's about, all Pete, that's about all Pete would know. But, I
0: am, I am woefully late for a break, Dave. I actually have right. to take a
7: break. Talk to you later.
0: Yeah, have a good one. Thank you, David and Manona. We appreciate your perspective. Mount Rushmore. I tweeted it up. Embrace debate in the replies. At Wisco Grant, Wisco Sports Show. Back in three.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
0: Wisco Sports Show, this is going to have to be a quick segment because Mike Clements is coming. Whether we're, whether we're on time or not, Mike is calling in a few minutes. I got a couple tweets here Chad, Justin, Bobby Potis. One of my favorite accounts. All tweeting me at Wisco Grant about Josh Gosser. Look, I, I'm just... First of all, with Zach, I was told I wasn't giving Josh Gosser enough respect. And then I got yelled at by Corn because I'm not giving him enough respect. And then Cone said he'd put him on his Mount Rushmore. I Look, I did not begin this Mount Rushmore talk. Corn started it. Then, then Justin continued it. And then Dave came in and finished it. Again, Dave's Mount Rushmore. Rick Olsen... Michael Finley, Alando Tucker, Devin Harris. I find it hard to believe, Dave, that the Badgers went to a national championship in route of a back-to-back Final Fours and a national championship, and nobody off of either of those teams is on there. I, I get it could happen, but I... I don't know. Like, I feel like you got to find a way to get Frank on there, Dave. Again, I- I've only been alive so long. I've only seen so many of these teams and so many of these players. But you got to find you got to find a way to get a final four player a national championship player on there i just now now that now the slander for josh gosser's coming in bobby Pota says gosser averaging 7 a game is a tough sell tell that to corn roller i never put him on a Mount rushmore i'm just trying to make sure everybody gets their due and no one feels disrespected what about brad davison brad davison was a great pro for a long time and by pro i mean a great badger for a long time should he enter the discussion? No, but I'm just trying to be comprehensive here. right Justin brought up Justin brought up Ethan Hap. I history will not be kind to Ethan Hap. Ethan Hap played Badgers basketball at a time where I don't know it was it was the time after the final four teams and before Johnny Davis, I don't know, it was an awkward middle window. It was really Bronson Koenig's time. It wasn't Ethan Hap's time. It was Bronson Koenig's time. Again, I never put Josh Gosser on a Mount Rushmore. That was corn, and corn has been radio silent ever since it happened. I figured at least he would tweet in to defend himself. At the very least, send me a DM. I'll check my DMs during the show. You got a lot of listeners who just DM me. They don't like to tweet publicly. That's fine. I'll still read it if you want me to read it. Duck and Holman sends me thirty DMs every show, and I'm entertained by it. He said Joe Aikman and Troy Buck, or Joe Joe Aikman Buck. What does this even say, Duck? I said America's Booth. You literally DM'd me, Joe Aikman Buck. And his boy toy, Troy, wear no pants during broadcast. That doesn't make any sense. This is my DMs during a show. You can DM me. I didn't start this Mount Rushmore conversation. Corn did, and now I'm the one dealing with it. Luckily, we got to take a break to get to Mike comments here in a minute or two. We're going to talk about cold weather coming up on Monday Night Football. I'm very excited for this game. Matt LaFleur seems to think that this is condition that's perfect for the Packers. I'll believe that when I see it. Because recent history and in the last couple of years, we have plenty of precedent that the cold weather has not been kind to this Packers team. But hopefully Monday night will be different. We'll talk about that. Here from Matt LaFleur, hear from a couple of other Packers, and we'll hear from Mike Clemens. Coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network
2: we've played each other quite a
4: bit over the last couple of years or twice in the last two years. And there's a lot of familiarity within the staffs of a lot of us have worked together. And so we kind of know what we like, but sometimes that can, you can overthink things as well. So there's a lot of similarities, whether it's offensively or on defense, just in the schemes and it's going to come down to who can
2: go out there and execute the best.
0: Oh no, that's Matt Lafleur. Mike Clements is here. He's joining us on the Wisco sports show. Mike, the first part of that cut, I was thinking, yeah, that sounds like what me and Mike talked about on Tuesday. You know, all these coaches know each other. There's a lot of familiarity. And then he continued and said, sometimes you can overthink things. And every Packers fan watching or listening to him say that. It's like, you think? Absolutely. That's all you do, Matt. Yes, you overthink things when you coach against people, you know. So that's, that's concerning. I don't like to
8: hear that. We've all been there, even when we were kids, and you're playing chess with your best friend. You know, yeah. and and you figure out that you know you you now know all his moves, and you and so now you start trying to anticipate that rather and just let the board come to you. But yeah. um, had a good day here today. Today is a Wednesday. Normally, we're going to have practices today, tomorrow, and Saturday. Cover. Then they'll do a closed door walkthrough on Sunday, and then wait for the Monday night game. But you know, to me, and uh, rewatching some of these games of the last month. Um, uh, the wins and losses um, I, to me a number one story that's way being underreported is the outside linebacker situation and you know put yourself in Joe Barry's shoes I mean way back on November 6th when you're playing the Lions it was a day where you lost 7 or 8 players during the course of a game this craptastic 15 to 9 thing mm-hmm. that's actually we got the Lions on a roll the Lions went out and won 5 out of 6 after that because they thought hey wait a minute we're not so bad. We we actually might be able to win some of these games, just like the, the Green Bay Packers seem to yeah. stoke the fire on the Jets and the Commanders, the commanders. And, and even the Giants. Yep. Right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so to me, it's like uh, your best player is out, Rashawn Gary, and no one's talking about it. Yeah. I mean, it would. It's, it's no different than if you lost Aaron Rodgers on the other side of the ball, or if you lost Mason Crosby on special teams. No one is talking about it. And I thought what was interesting was that when um, Enigbari, number 55, went down at the end of the Bears game, and today I just got the injury report. Yeah, he suffered a knee injury, but the good news is, you know, 10 days after the Bears game, full participant today. And as a matter of fact, as I quickly go over today's injury report, um, there were some guys uh, on the Packers that have injuries Aaron Jones has got that ankle that's bothering him most of the season. He was limited today. Elton Jenkins out, just resting the knee. Yep. David Bakhtiari, you know, not only the knee, but the, it's down his abdomen, but, you know, he's, he's recovering from surgery. Unlikely to play this week, uh, coming back from surgery. Anybody else that's on that list, including Aaron Rodgers with a thumb and rib, were full participation in today's practice. And even Darnell Savage. Out in L.A., I just got their report, they had six players, including backup quarterback John Wolford, who did not participate with their injuries, and Aaron Donald, the best defensive lineman in the NFL, he's still out with an ankle injury. Those guys did not participate, so they're still banged up from their game against the Raiders a week ago. Well, they're going to
0: be shutting some of these guys down. The, The Rams are in such an interesting position, Mike, because... They don't have their own pick this year. So getting worse doesn't help them like it would help some teams. They've shut down Matthew Stafford. I'm not sure if they'd prefer to play Wolford or Baker Mayfield. I'm unclear on that. And then you have Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald on defense. They're these Corvette-type players. Same with Cooper Cup. It really doesn't benefit them to play those guys. So they might get to a point, if they haven't already, where they just put those guys on ice the rest of the year. The Rams are such an interesting case study because the Rams are not a team that's built to, to tank. This is not how this is supposed to go. And however they kind of approach these last couple of weeks, I think it's going to be
8: really interesting. Well, we all think about tank and and players phoning it in, and I'm certainly looking for it from this group in Green Bay, sure. uh, particularly in the defensive side of the ball. What is the deal? They're not buying into the scheme mm-hmm. or because they're frustrated at the offenses and scoring, and they're not going to, look, I'm not going to have a season-ending surgery uh, on a team that is, there's no way this this team's getting the Super Bowl because mm-hmm. there's too many things to be fixed now. And I'm, I'm looking for that right now. But I, I know this, uh, this Justin Hollins, you know, you know how you, you released the Mari Rogers, right? And he caught oh, a touchdown for the Texans on the worst team. But you know, this is somebody else's trash. But there's there's number forty seven out there against the Bears and he's making plays at outside linebacker. And and they're putting this guy who was on the street that Sean McVay gave up um and only because you know Jonathan Garvin has been a disappointment, a draft pick, and the other guys don't have as much experience this guy's been in the league like four years he's he's from he was raised in Texas, he played at Oregon when you know when they had a good team four years ago, got drafted by the Broncos, he was just there one year, he got picked up by the Rams, and he played in the Super Bowl he had a pec muscle um during the, that last season, but he got re- recovered and he played in the Super Bowl on teams and an outside linebacker. So today, we got this weather here. We got uh, some snow, slippery roads, and about Mm -hmm. 35 degrees in Green Bay. And, you know, he was asked, you know, are you adjusting to the Green Bay weather?
3: I'm not going to lie, it's cold, man. (laughs) It's cold. I woke up this morning, there was snow in the car, snow on the roads. You know, good thing I woke up a little earlier, you know, to wipe all that off and get right. But, yeah, man, it's cold out here. You know, it's supposed to be worse Monday. That's what they say. They say it's about to be 5 degrees or something. Stuff like that. You know, but, you know, we getting used to it as the week go on. As the tip drops, we're getting a little bit more used to it, you know. <laughs> so, hopefully, it'll give, it us, give us a little advantage, you know. So
8: did you have a game like that flying in from L.A.
3: to Buffalo or someplace like that? Last couple? Well, shoot, we uh, came here in the playoffs. Yeah, we came here in the playoffs. Um, I didn't play last year when we came here. I was recovering from the pick. But, yeah, we came out here then. It was cold. I don't know what it was then. But you for sure seen your breath and everybody had to put Vaseline on, so (laughs) I couldn't feel my toes.
0: Yeah, that was two years ago. That was the divisional round after the bye before they lost to the Buccaneers that are talking about the Rams were in town. The most relatable part of that was, luckily, I got up a little early to have time to clear off my car. That's the most relatable thing to someone who lives in Wisconsin ever, when you're trying to get out the door and get to work on time, and you get out and your car is buried, and you got to scrape, and you got to, oh, that's the worst. So I, i very relatable, Justin Hollins.
8: So you know, and I'm going to talk to him more. Um, I you know, there's some of these guys that Gutkin's has picked up, and they end up getting big contracts like Campbell and Rasul Douglas, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Um, so here's the next point. I'm looking. Let's let's come up with a list, Grant, of new guys to this team on the Packers that have jumped out and impressed you. And so it starts with Christian Watson. Yeah. Romeo Dobbs, who, by the way, back on the field today. I'm going to be posting pictures later on today on my Twitter account. There's number nine, number 87, the future at wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. That'll be exciting to see in the cold on Monday night. And then the other guys that are jumping up this year, last year was Devondre Campbell and Rasul Douglas. This year, it's Keyshawn Nixon, right, from, yep. uh, from the Raiders. Yep. And then there's Rudy Ford. Who I remember that, they, you know, when they, when the Cardinals were good and, and playing the network games, everybody was talking about, look at this Rudy Ford, Chris Collinsworth. they say, look how they're, how they're using him as a, as a hybrid safety, bringing him into the box, kind of like what Lori, Butler Bubbly did, did back in the 90s. So I, Rudy doesn't talk much, but I got him to talk today. And so I'm asking him this question about, you know, his coldest weather. And the other thing is, all right, you know, you're flashing. I mean, you're coming up with the picks in the Cowboys game or the recovered fumble from Claypool uh, in the game against the Bears. Are you looking around? Are these guys here to play now? Are they they coming back for the bye? Are they ready to play and try and go 4-0 and maybe get into the playoffs? Or are they going to phone it in?
3: That's just not the character of the guys in this uh, locker room. You know, we got guys that's uh, going to continue to fight to the last whistle and uh, every play. A lot of good players in here
8: been in a really cold game before in your time with the
3: Cardinals. And what did you learn? When was I was with the, the Cardinals? Yeah. yeah. You know, we, we came up here and it was snowing, windy. Yeah, it was cold, actually. When we came up here to play, it was snowing. Yeah, I mean, you just got to be focused on the game. It's going to be cold and wind, snow and all that. So, you know, just kind of just stay locked in, get close to the heaters, but stay locked in on the task at hand.
0: Focus on the game. That's hard when it's five degrees, Mike. Like, I- I've lived here my whole life. I like the Midwest. I, there's parts of the winter that I like. I, I don't mind the cold. I hate the darkness. I don't mind the cold. And there's still sometimes where I walk outside and I get to my car and, you know, the thing that you do, you sit down and you grab the wheel and you just yell. Or you're just, you're, you're angry about it. Like, it is hard sometimes to focus on the task at hand. Much easier said than done.
8: Well, the other thing is this. If it's the fourth quarter and you only got three or four wins for the year and you're from L.A. And it's like, yeah, three-fourths of us have got a ring from last year. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't our year. Yeah. We'll heal up and we'll get Cooper Cup back next year, and maybe we'll make a decision. You know, I, I'll have a job here with Sean McVay next year. Blah blah. Yeah. Do, do they give up or do they play for pride? Do they do they do they play to, to like they did last week against the Raiders? So I'm concerned about how galvanized the Rams are, and if they're coming to play, and the fact that their coach has lost two games here now, he's still looking for his first win had Lambeau Field. By the way, that's Rudy Ford. And he said, yeah, I played here one time with the Cardinals. And I go, oh, when I put the microphone down, I said, that was 2018? He goes, yeah. "Yeah." I go, oh, yeah. I remember that day. Big day. Yeah, and about 10,000 fans didn't show up because the Packers stunk. Yeah. I said, do you know what happened after the game? I go, no. I said, McCarthy got fired. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. Right. That's right. Josh Rosen that's
0: is right. the, the peak of his career, some might say. He got a coach fired. It's the only thing that Josh Rosen ever accomplished in the NFL. Yeah.
8: What do you think of Dean Lowry, defensive lineman, six foot six, 300 pounds? I, well, I'm veteran. glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. I think,
0: I think he's Dean Lowry. I, I think he is who he is, and I think he's a fine player. I think the Packers at times have relied too much on him, and I don't think that's his fault. So I think sometimes
8: he gets a bad rap for that reason. It seemed like year three, and, you know, oh, by the way, close to a contract year. Remember, they gave him the money, and they cut Mike Daniels the next day that started training camp a couple years ago. Remember that? I I
0: own a Mike Daniels jersey, Mike. I'm a Mike Daniels man. I very well remember that.
8: So, but, you know, Lowry, the more I've got to know him, because at first I just thought he was kind of a young, respectful kid and out of Rockford or whatever, but the more you talk to him, he's actually a really smart guy. I mean, he, he went to Northwestern. Northwestern man, yeah. Yeah, he's a Northwestern educated guy. And so he's now a veteran, and he knows how to play this game. And I think he plays better and and, and is more consistent. Um, I don't know if this year's as good as the as he had last year, uh, but he's he's playing healthier. Uh, and at the same time, who knows how frustrated these guys are with what they're doing under Joe Barry right now? But Dean Lowry, I went to him, him, and I said, hey. You know, let's put all the BS aside. You guys look great, back from your bye, all rested, and you got these four games, three of them at home. Are are you guys, do you think these guys in the locker room, are they ready to fight? Or are they,
3: you know, setting up tea times? Absolutely, you know. I think we have the guys in our, our locker room that are full of pride and leadership, and um, seeing our offense play better week after week. Uh, I think we're trending in the right direction. And defensively, we got to just keep being consistent. Um, all it takes is momentum, and I think if we can get one, like we did last week, and keep it going, we'll, we'll be we'll be fine.
0: He sounds like a politician, Mike Clements. This is a, this is a well-spoken Big Ten Northwestern man. I think he's right. I, I think. We as fans think, oh, tank for a draft pick. Well, these guys are professionals that are going out there and playing a physical game. They're not going to do that. And I think he's right about the defense. If they just continue to keep playing, defense can ebb and flow in weird ways. You can go from playing really poorly to playing really well the next week, and
8: maybe it just takes a little luck. Well, uh, to me, you know, it's December. I mean, you know what your assignment is. Uh, You're facing teams that you've played recently recently. Uh, at the end of the day, it's how bad do you want it, just like the Rams overcame and outplayed the Raiders a week ago tonight. And um, so then the, the next chapter is this. Um, I'm pulling, I'm driving to practice today. It's a couple blocks away over to the Hudson Center from the media area in the locker room area, and I'm waiting for, to cross busy Oneida, and all of a sudden I see somebody come up, kind of weird I, off to my right hand side like what are you doing over there and i look up and it's it's aaron Rodgers and david bakhtiari in the damn golf cart in yeah. 30 35 degree weather yeah but you know that's that statement to saying hey we're loving it in green bay man you know shirtless or sleeveless that kind of thing right and bakhtiari even though he's recovering from surgery hey i'm riding with my buddy to go observe practice and go sit over there on a bench and just watch these guys so aaron today was says you know, he said they took a little poll about who do they respect on this team, who they respect the most. And he said the guys who got the most votes were like David Bakhtiari, Aaron Jones, to be sure, who's getting mm-hmm. these nominations and awards for his community work. A.J. Dillon, Dean Lowry, Rasul Douglas, and then Keyshawn Nixon. Here's another guy, right? Yeah. Keyshawn, who's a new guy to this team who is made himself valuable on special teams and returns getting picks as a defensive back so here's Aaron Rodgers talking about that
3: uh let's see Dave I think received some votes uh Sewell probably received some votes I'm trying to think it was it was months ago but you know I think most people like both those running backs a lot you know AJ and, and Aaron and you know Big Dog's probably a fan favorite in the locker room too uh, Dean Lowry's is one of my favorites you know I just love love getting past that uh that gruff demeanor and see if I can get a hug every every once in a while and then K-9 now too you know he's uh he was really anti-hug for a while but I'm, I'm a hugger so and he's He's come around and look what happened. He had a pick to seal the game and a couple great kickoff returns. I said, Key. Come on, there's no coincidences. You gotta keep hugging me. Oh, this man. Mike, give it give Aaron
0: Rodgers a hug next time you can. We need all the good mojo. We need all the good luck we can at this point in the season.
8: He's so complex. I mean he really is. It's like he just so deep. I mean, one minute he's so cold. By the way, he was asked, so you're going to watch the game tonight, see if Seattle loses, that improves your chances? He goes, no. He goes, I don't have Amazon. Like it's a political statement or something? <laughs> no, I don't have Amazon. No, I no, I won't get it,
0: no. Interesting.
8: Okay. He's like All the rest right.
0: of the okay. state. He fits right in. Nobody in the state likes streaming anything. If it's not on cable, we can't watch it. It's, it's like going is to Is that screens.
8: why? is I just, I just, okay, whatever. I, something tells me he's got pretty good access to the cut-ups and the video of it immediately after the football game, too. Oh, yeah. So uh, so so then I asked him this, I mean, just directly. All right, man, you know, um, you've done your part through the broken thumb and the ribs and that kind of stuff. You know, this team This was, this team played for four quarters against McCarthy and the Cowboys. And somewhere in the end of the third quarter, offense got a score, and the defense finally woke up in Chicago. And and, and the, the end of the fourth quarter is how this Packers team is supposed to play if, in fact, they want to win the football game. They get takeaways, they get field position, and then they go out and score touchdowns. So I asked Rodgers that fourth quarter comeback against the Bears – does that say that you're really here to go 4-0 and hope to get a wild-card spot in the playoffs in January?
3: Like I said, after the game, we're playing meaningful football in December, and that's, that's important. That should be the focus. And, and look, the fact is there's stuff is out of our control. What we can't control is we got to win out. We can't control what happens tonight, what happens on Sunday, you know, games that we need to go our way. But, you know, we control our focus and our approach and, and, uh, and be a pro about it. And, and if we do that, you never know what can happen. We get on a little run here and, and make things interesting.
0: I don't know how to respond to that, Mike. I don't I don't want to sound like a hater. When the Brewers say, hey, we're playing meaningful baseball in September, that's their way of saying we might be this little mod-pop baseball team. We're just happy to be in the mix. I have a little bit of a higher expectation for the Packers when they're quarterbacked by Aaron Rodgers, but, I, 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 again, I don't want to sound like a hater. They do have a chance if they win some games to make things interesting. So, again,
8: I don't want to hate it.: th- I thought it was a strong statement from Brian Gudikins Goodis- to say, no, we're not here to audition Jordan Love and, and the new guys. Um, it wouldn't be fair to the other players. Yeah. So that means he says, I don't hire players that don't want to have to play as many football games as they can while they can and get as many wins as they can just for the sake of pride. Forget about the bonus checks in their contracts or, you know, how many yards they get or tackles or more uh, they're here to play. They don't want to be embarrassed. They're embarrassed by some of the losses they've had, and they would, you know, like to finish out the season, at maybe nine and seven or something. Or you know, it's what? No, they can't. It would be nine and eight. You know, uh, he's he's trying to. He, he, I thought that was a compelling case that he made. But I, I, here's one thing I thought. Granted, I was impressed by. Yeah. Here's Rudy Ford, your backup safety, special teams player, coming out of the shower today. They had just had practice and then some brief meetings, and he's still drying his hair and walking around in flip flops. And he sees the veteran Adrian Amos come to his locker, and he goes, "Hey, no. so now wait a minute. So okay, let me ask you again. If I get the vertical, then I'm then I'm supposed to take this hash, and then I'm so." He just come out of a meeting, and he's immediately going to Amos to make sure he got that point down. I like that on some particular, yeah. I mean which means they're it's all business. I mean, you know, yeah. it's it's not they're just talking about hey, what are you doing tonight because it was pretty much the end of the day. Now he's still talking about the meeting from 15 minutes before to make to clarify what he heard that he understood that correctly and he's asking Amos to make sure he got it right. That's a good sign. I like that. That's a good sign.
0: These Besacchi yeah. guys they they brought something good to the team this year, Mike. I'm looking forward to Monday night. I got to get a break. But I appreciate you. Enjoy the game, and let's talk next week. Thanks, Grant. You bet. Yeah, have a good weekend. That's our guy Mike Clements on Twitter, at MikeClementsNFL. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show. It'll be a quickie coming up next.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.